before we get started, we have a new reviewer to thank. Uh, we want to shout out a pink cucumber one two three for your frankly hilarious username, <laughs> and then also for your just really excellent review. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's our second Germany review, which is exciting. I think it's the only country besides the U.S. that we now have more than one review from on <laughs> iTunes. So you know, it just feels like we're coming up in the world. That's that's hilarious, actually. Yeah. We also want to do a shout out to Gabby on Facebook. Thank you so much for your review. And thank you for calling us humorous yet ruthless. Uh, yeah, we decided that that's going to be one of our new taglines. <laughs> so thank you so much for that because that is perfect. It's the most succinct summary of what this <laughs> podcast is. <sighs> so, so good with that. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dykish Ordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge. In this chapter, the gang hyper-focused on the contents of the diary and Hagrid's innocence. With no new attacks in the school and Harry's harassment petering out, everyone chills out. Too bad someone <coughs> ransacks Harry's things for the diary, which means another attack. This time, our girl Hermione and Penelope Clearwater, Ron and Harry go to confront Hagrid, where she is already being arrested without trial by Fudge and somehow Lucius Malfoy, who is there to oust Dumbledore from the school. Hagrid and Dumbledore both leave, giving the boys very cryptic advice. Yeah. So much happens in this chapter. I'm like, all right, here's a summary. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is important. Oh, wait, this is also an important thing. And also somehow Lucius Malfoy, why? It's just... I I remember like the beginning of the chapter, the first probably two thirds. I was like, "Eh, okay, it's like not that much is going on. It's like not that interesting. And then you hit the final third of the chapter and you're like tearing your hair out. It's just like injustice, corruption, the fucking justice system in this society is non-existent. Holy shit. It's all just like packed into like a couple pages at the very end. It's It's a whole, it's a real trip, this chapter. Yeah, pretty much. Um, before we really get into it, though, I don't know if the what the sound is going to sound like for you listeners, but Jessie's recording in a different space today, so if she sounds kind of echoey, that's why, and you just have to deal with it. Okay. 
Yeah, no, no couch, no couch or anything to absorb the sound of my voice. Just, just tr- four walls and, and Jesse. And in true <laughs> hip co-working space faction, one of these walls is exposed brick. Nice. So so fancy. Yeah, you know, it's the thing. It's, yep. an, it's an aesthetic. All right, cool. We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Public invited to an interpretive dance-off between the Ministry of Magic and the Hogwarts Board of Governors. The winner will claim the title of most corrupt organization of 1993. Oh. Oh, that's just so true. It's funny because it's true. Oh. I feel like Lucius Moffrey would win in a, a dance-off. Especially against Cornelius Fudge, for oh sure. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, totally. Lucius is... I mean, they're two very very fancy men, but Lucius would definitely win. Yeah, totes. Alright, we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Uh, my, my first front page is a very, like, squee point um very like uh early 2000s uh emoji emoticon type (laughs) point of just my internal reaction to the idea of 13 year old hagrid putting a leash and a collar on a spider (laughs) oh my god she would i know it's like so i think even just the way that harry describes it gives the impression that harry thinks it's pretty adorable he could just imagine 13 year old Hagrid trying to fit a leash and collar onto the spider. And he was equally certain that Hagrid would never have meant to kill anybody. It's like, no, she wouldn't. Yeah, truly. So, so cute. Right. Um, my first front page is that, um, I've literally never caught this before on my many rereads of the series, but, this is the chapter where I think Hermione is petitioning to get her time turner for the next book. Yeah, it has to Because she's something for everything. And it's yeah. like, LOL, she's something for everything. But it's like, oh, but yeah, she does that. And it's just like, get me a time turner. Right. Thanks, McGonagall. Yeah, that's true. Hermione. <laughs> Nobody. Just so extra. So yeah. Very extra. So I have a question about... This whole thing where Harry's, like, sure that Hagrid wasn't, like, loosing this monster on the school on purpose. If that's the case, like, what does Harry think is happening now? Like, if he thinks that it really was Hagrid and therefore must also think it's the same monster, where is that leading Harry and Hermione and Ron in their thinking, processing about this for these attacks? That's actually a really excellent question. It seems weird that they're not asking why this is happening now, but they they do seem sort of focused on like, okay, so if it is Hagrid, why isn't she stopping any of this? Or why hasn't she like come forward to be like, oh, I know, you know, Speckles the spider. That's just what's been attacking students. Oh, no, Speckles. <laughs> Sorry, that's so much more of a Hagrid name for the spider than Aragog is. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. 
So I feel like they must just be focused on that part and maybe not as much about the like why this is happening now specifically. Mm. Which is, I think, obviously the bigger question and the bigger part of like what's going on. Right. Yeah. They're kids. <sighs> and Harry is clearly ch- ch- charmed by a young Tom Riddle. Very handsome. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. What's your next? Um, just that uh, Ron says the smartest thing that he says probably this entire book in which he just says that Hermione knows loads more than he does. <laughs> I'm just like you're so right. I'm glad that you finally recognized that. <sighs> That's true. Um, I think he says that in very close proximity to my next point, which is also about something Ron says, which is how many monsters can this place hold? To which I say, literally all of them, Ron. Oh yeah, this place can hold. 100% of the monsters. What an absurd question you have asked. And he, he will come to learn just how many monsters you can hide in Hogwarts. <laughs> it's true. Even though the real monsters were the terrible witches that we met along the way. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of like dramatic music. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, something. Uh, the people, the people, the real monsters, Ron. Um, <clears throat> What's your next uh, front page? Oh, that I love Oliver as, like, worried team mom feeding everyone eggs before the Quidditch match. Just, like, just real good little mom moment for him there. I liked it. Which is good because I don't remember if it was this book where we're complaining about him making them go out to the field before they've even eaten breakfast. So. Yes, at least he does know that before the big game he needs to make sure that his team gets... A good breakfast. It's the start to any healthy day or something like yeah. that. Something, something, something. Um, I just feel really bad for Percy, who is sad about Penelope, and he can't or doesn't tell anyone why he's so sad. I know, Percy. And he can't even, like, go visit her because Madame Pomfrey has, like, put the lock down on the infirmary. I know. I don't know why him and Penelope aren't out as a couple. Like, why are they hiding their relationship? Do you think some kind of weird rule against prefix dating? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Or maybe, you know, actually, honestly, considering how everyone responds to Flora and Bill dating... And a little bit to everyone that Ginny ends up dating. Maybe Percy just wants to keep this, keep this quiet and not, like, have any of his family getting their feedback about him and his girlfriend. That's fair, actually. So. Yeah. I, I feel like there might be something there, too, and almost like a backwards from what you would think way about her being a muggle-born, where, like, he might not want to like have his muggle obsessed dad like exoticizing his girlfriend and (laughs) wanting to like inundate her with inappropriate questions and stuff yeah which seems like a a real thing that could happen yeah also the twins would give him endless shit about it so definitely so after the attacks 
one of the things that McGonagall says when she's like giving them the rundown of how everything's gonna happen now is that you can't go to the bathroom unaccompanied by a teacher and I just can you imagine being a fucking teenager and having to have your teacher stand there waiting for you while you go to the bathroom like half of the kids in this school are going to need some sort of potion for their unbelievable constipation that they're going to have from not being willing like psychologically unable to poop because their teacher is standing there waiting for them i'm i'm just imagining the like poor slytherin teen girl that is like I guess I don't know what the witching world would use for, like, periods and stuff. But having to be like, uh, so I gotta, like, you know, take care of this, so. Oh, God, (laughs) and it's, like, Snape waiting outside. Oh, man. No. It's just terrible. Ugh, I hope the witching world doesn't use that, like, weird, bulky underwear crap that (laughs) happened in, like, the 60s or whatever year that is. I hope it's just, like, magical, like, moisture-absorbing underwear. Yeah. Maybe you can just vanish the blood while it's still in your body. That would be Wouldn't that be wonderful? It's very (laughs) location-specific. Be a real bad spell to fuck up. Oh, man. Maybe there's just a potion for it. That's true. Ugh. My kingdom. I know. (laughs) All right. Actually, I, don't, I don't have any more front pages, actually. So Okay, my last one just says, I think I love Fudge's outfit? <laughs> Question mark. You know, it is pretty great for someone who's very terrible. Yeah. And, like, it, hilarious. It's great, though, right? Yeah. And, like, I think also hilariously, like, muggle dandy-ish versus, like, witching dandy-ish. Yeah. Which maybe is supposed to be some sort of like comment about how ridiculous Fudge is, but his, I mean, I'd wear his outfit. Yeah. Maybe not the, maybe not the bowler hat. I feel like it's to have a very certain kind of like face to pull off a bowler hat. But. Also, I feel like a lime green bowler forever will just be associated with the Riddler. <laughs> this is true. Fudge can try as hard as he may but like in the muggle world you wear a lime green bowler and people are gonna think batman and not harry potter so riddle me this hagrid (laughs) (laughs) oh man and that's basically how that chap how the end of this chapter works it is (laughs) yeah it's super accurate All right, let's go get. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just remembered what my sports section is. Oh yeah, sports because sports happen sort of in this chapter, or almost happen in this chapter. Yeah, let's go get editorials taken care of. All right. Welcome to editorials, where we rant about stuff. My first editorial says the book says harry half wished he hadn't found out how to work the diary to which i say we all told you all of us we all told you not to figure out how to work the diary finger shaking and head shaking and all sorts of 
disapproving motions to you, Harry Potter. Right, especially since, like, Harry and Ron, Her- Hermione and Ron, who are, like, Harry's, like, confidants and family. They're like, ah, you shouldn't do that. And he's like, whatever. And it's like, bro. <laughs> like, and then it has a bad outcome. He's like, I wish I hadn't done that. It's like, Oh, Harry, he's still a very naive child. Even with all the things that he's seen so far. It's true. So. Yeah. All right, so my only other <laughs> editorial <laughs> says... Only a fool thinks something like, at least everyone is here, so nothing bad can happen right now. Uh, So this attack that has happened while they're out down at the Quidditch pitch is Harry's fault because he had that thought. Everyone knows that that's how the world works. Yeah, no, he totally jinxed it. Yeah. In a world of literal magic, I'm like, (laughs) you probably shouldn't even think stuff like that. No. If if you start thinking something like that, there has to be some sort of, like, counter jinx that you can cast on yourself. That's the equivalent of, like, knocking on wood. Don't do that shit. Right. (laughs) That's not, that's not good. Sorry, this is kind of off topic, but that just sort of reminded me of, so you know how, like, a lot of schools, like, colleges and probably high schools have, like, a statue people rub before finals or, like, don't, like cross over this memorial in the ground before followers or you're going to fail. It's weird that Hogwarts doesn't have that. Like, I feel like... And even, like, okay, right, actual magic, you can literally bottle luck. I get that. But it just seems weird in a place full of children. You wouldn't be like, all right, we'll go touch this, the fourth suit of armor on your way to your owls and you're going to do great, you know, kind of thing. That's true. There should totally be something like that. There should there should at least be one, if not like four, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Like one probably like house specific thing, and then one like everyone in the school just knows about. You there know? should definitely at the very least be one that has to do with winning a Quidditch match. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So weird. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things. That are fucked up. Starting as always with our Mandrakes, our people watch. The Mandrakes have a party, a loud They have a rave, basically. Yeah. Even the most intelligent of animals in the muggle world don't party. So Mandrakes are literally people. Yeah. The, the kind of like cognitive, the cognitive dissonance of this is very upsetting to me. It really is. I mean, I feel like to throw throw a loud and raucous party, I think is how it's described. Like, you have to have, like, drugs or alcohol of some kind. Music? Frequently. So they must be, like, brewing something. Chewing, chewing on some kind of weird leaves or something. Yeah, yeah, and, like, right, making instruments, and there's definitely, like, these are these are people... Yikes. Just going to shake my head because it's very upsetting to me. And it just continues to get more upsetting. It does. And it's played for laughs. But like so many things in these books that are played for laughs, this is actually horrifying. It really, really is. (sighs) Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's increase in upsetting things. (laughs) Yeah. When Neville tells Harry 
that he found Harry's stuff strewn everywhere. It says that he watches Harry fearfully as Harry is, like, seeing what has happened, which I feel like tells us a lot about what would have happened to Neville in his home life if he had to give someone, like, news of this variety, which is just, like, really sad and hurts me inside to think about. Because he didn't do it, he just found it. There's no reason for him to be afraid of Harry in that moment. I feel like I uh, empathize a lot with Neville because I definitely have that response. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it is like a ADHD thing where it's like rejection is literally painful and so that just translates into a lot of my life about being like, don't be angry at me, even if it like, that's not what's happening. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Cool. Brains are fun. Brains are uh, the worst. Actually. Also, also Neville does need like all of the hugs. I know. I just it just made me tired. I know. <laughs> um, and then my other one that's not about the board of governors or fudge is um, when they're all in the common room and someone's like it's Slytherin's monster and like the heir of Slytherin let's just like kick out all the Slytherins and then everyone like applauds and is cheering at the idea of just like kicking out an entire house of children because of a suspicion uh and that is yucky and gross and bad even if it is the evil house I mean, again, it's like, what is, what is the purpose of houses? Like, children. Children are feeling this way, and they're going to become adult, and they're still going to feel this way about Slytherins. Right. Even Slytherins who aren't actively murdering people. Right. Uh, and then it's like, just throw the whole thing in the trash. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I think that it's, it's... Or at least, at the very least, like, again, what what is the point of prefix? Uh, I mean, obviously, Percy is, like, in a, you know, he's mourning. He's in, he's feeling a lot of grief. But, like, where's the, like, whatever the lady prefect of this year, you know? Why is she being, like, There should right, be guys, three more out. prefects. Oh, right, because there's, there's ones every year. Yeah, I mean, where are they? Why are they never doing anything? <laughs> I don't know. Prefix system is clearly broken. Whatever. Yeah. But I do... I feel like this this attitude is particularly politically relevant right now. And it's like, even if we all feel as readers, like, sided with Harry, sided with the Gryffindors, that attitude is still a very dangerous attitude. Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I don't know. I guess I feel like part of part of what we do here is like find things that are relevant to larger important conversations and be like, "Hey, look at this thing." And and this is this is one of those, I think. Cuz you really can't you really can't make any claims about everyone in Slytherin house based solely on the fact that they're in Slytherin. Right. And there's still like a bunch of kids who, again, don't become Death Eaters. 
So right. it's like, but then those kids feel like shit about everyone treating them like they're the scum of the earth. Right. And they're just like, fuck all you guys. And then that also creates just like, oh, well, fuck, you know, well, fuck you guys. Or it's like, well, I'm going to beat you up first then, or I don't know. Yeah. Go into the join Voldemort or whatever the fuck. And like, that is the kind of mind frame that like Voldemort has honestly historically used even in the last war to get his followers is to sort of prey on the vulnerable hurt young people of Slytherin house. Yep. Sort of like uh, white supremacists do online, turns uh, out. Almost like it's an exact <laughs> analogy or something. <laughs> I know. It's wild how applicable that is. I guess it's just very common that you can, you know, if you can get some... Uh, disenfranchised young people to do whatever you want them to. Actually, I feel like the U.S. Army also relies on that in order to get people to sign up. So, like, this is a very common thing that happens in the world, you guys. Yeah. Oh, it's all very yucky. Anyway, speaking of yucky stuff, let's talk about the Board of Governors. Yeah, I guess we can start with that and, like, Malfoy. Um, I just want to start off with the whole thing about Lucius Malfoy personally being like, I am here to get rid of you, is that he's like, hey, the headmaster is the sole matter of the board of governors, which is clearly a lie because of books five and seven, where the ministry's like, all right, here's your new headmaster, you guys. So, like... Is that a correction? Maybe. I guess it's hard, to, I guess it's hard for me to determine if it's like... I mean, obviously in book seven, Voldemort just controls everything. So, like, maybe it's like they've just murdered the, the board of governors or something or imperioed them. But the board of governors would have never been like, ah, yes, Snape. We would like him to be headmaster, <laughs> you know? That's true. And then, right, like, in Umbridge, like, Fudge was just like, ah, yes, my girl Umbridge, she's going to be the head. And, like, right, where, the board, where was the board of governors then? So I don't know if it's just, like... It is a correction, or we're just seeing the power of the Board of Governors be less and less as the books progress. It could go, it could go either way, honestly. We'll have to keep an eye on it, because I honestly don't... I don't know, because that, that's such a good... That's such a good point, and it makes more sense. What's happening here makes more sense, that, like... Because why would the... Why would the ministry have anything to do with Hogwarts? It's not a government-run agency. It's a private school. Like, right. And Fudge is very upset about him not really having any ability, having say in the matter, even though, at least in this instance, he wants Dumbledore to remain at Hogwarts. Right. So, I don't know. I think this leads into my point, which is, I think, the first thing I wrote in my notes, which is that Fudge is sort of the, like, W of the witching world. He totally is. And I'm sure there's some, like, UK equivalent of the kind of politician that, that like, he's reflecting, but it's, like, as an American, I'm like, oh Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Which I think maybe makes Malfoy his Dick Cheney right now. I feel like I want to just, like, hide under my desk. Uh, yuck. Yeah. He is, he's so fudge. He is so, like, 
useless and also like corrupt in a way right like he only cares about being in office and the power that that allows him and not necessarily about doing anything a minister of magic should be doing he's only he only cares about the position itself yeah and i don't his interaction with hagrid feels very much like he thinks that what he's saying is reasonable when what is actually happening with Hagrid here is so deeply and profoundly fucked up. I like even just reading it. I, I, (laughs) that's, that's how it feels. Just like the sentence you'll be let out with a full apology. If someone else is caught as a reassuring statement to someone that you're sending to a torture prison is what the actual fuck. That's so profoundly unjust and wrong and bad we yeah. don't prophylactically put people in prison and we don't prophylactically put people in torture. Pr- I mean, I understand literally right now we are prophylactically putting people in prison. It's very sure. bad. And I'm using don't in the way of like absolutely should not and not. This is bad. All of these things are bad. What's happening in this chapter is bad. This is a bad policy. So. Yes, this is a terrible policy. I feel like part of it is similar to the U.S. justice system is that Hager is being treated like this because she is an other in the witching society in a lot of in a way that intersects in a lot of ways, and they can get away with it. Um, it honestly kind of feels a little bit like. <laughs> how black people are treated in the U.S. justice system, where it's like, well, you're here and you're suspicious and we don't really have anything else, so we're going to take you off to jail for a while. Um, Too bad about bail, because you're poor. So have fun sitting in jail. So, and I mean, and obviously none of Hagrid's identities are any kind of like metaphor or analogous to the experience of black people. I'm not trying to say that you guys, but Hagrid being poor and not super well educated and sort of living on like the fringe of the witching world and being a half giant is, it makes her the kind of person that the witching world doesn't like, looks down upon and doesn't want to like, wants to barely acknowledge as a person anyway, I feel like, considering her heritage. So... I think, honestly, I think this is why she's being treated like this. Like, it it doesn't even, it doesn't even go to the fucking Wizigamot or anything. They're like, all right, we're gonna, you're going to go straight from Hogwarts to fucking Azkaban. Like, holy fuck. To be let out if someone else is caught. So, like, if they never caught the person this time, if it never... I mean, even uh, presumably, even if the attack stopped, that would just reassure them that Hagrid had had something to do with it. 
So if, if there had been no resolution, it sounds like they would have just, like, left her there. Uh, they totally would have just left her there. And, I mean, it makes me wonder... So we know at this point that Azkaban has one innocent dude and a bunch of Death Eaters, but I would... I would bet my entire retirement fund that Azkaban is also full of, like, mostly innocent werewolves and maybe some other half-giants and just some, like, other people in the witching world that, like, maybe sort of a, like, wrong place at the wrong time or it's like, oh, well, you're part goblin, so, uh... You're probably violent. We're gonna throw you in prison. We're gonna throw you in Azkaban. Yeah, like that would not shock me. At no. All. And like it's on a, a sea mountain. It seems huge. I don't know. I feel like it's not just like what the like ten people I just listed off. It's like serious and like seven Death Eaters. Like I don't think it's everyone at Azkaban for the amount of what are they called? Dementors. Dementors. The amount of Dementors that are at Azkaban. There's gotta be a fuck ton of people there for them yeah. to feed off of yeah which is horrifying it's i feel like my brain and face are melting off into <laughs> i don't know i'm just like it's so fucking distressing and they the the legal system in this world is so fucking distressing because there are no lawyers no trials no clear laws about what does and does not get you put in prison, I don't think. Like, it, do you think there's an actual explicitly stated law that, like, if you willingly or no loose a monster that kills a bunch of people, you go, go to Azkaban? Or did Fudge just decide, like, this is the solution? I mean, I'm pretty for sure Fudge just decided this is the solution. Maybe with some... <clears throat> Nudging from Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Or, I don't know, whoever other bigoted people are on the board of governors or something. Okay, um, because it doesn't seem to be, like, really any written laws anywhere, you know? And maybe it's, like... It also wouldn't surprise me if there was some, like, old, like, bigoted law where it's like, oh, it's just a muggle-born, so whatever. Less prison time or something, you know? Like, like who the fuck even knows <laughs> in this place? I know. It seems like it's so fucking arbitrary. It's like we know that there are three curses that if you use them, you go to prison. Unless you're a good guy. In which case, you can use them all you want and not go to prison. Here's your pardon. If I will give you a medal, actually, for it. Right. Exactly. So. And beyond that, like, if you kill someone with a different curse... Do you go to Azkaban or only if you kill them with Avada Kedavra? It's weird that the it's, it's weird that the distinction against murdering someone isn't the distinction, but against the curse you use to murder them, like it seems. Right. But okay, but again, and I, I don't think this is an actual excuse, but I wonder if part of it is because it is hard to kill a witch. Like, look at nearly headless Nick. Yeah. So, but, and I feel like, I mean, do we see anyone else die where the killing curse is, isn't used? Luna's mom. Luna's mom died in an, well, I guess it was an accident. 
So yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's just hard to kill witches. But I don't think that that doesn't mean that there are like, oh, what if you like stuffed a bunch of fireworks in someone's mouth and lit them off? I'm pretty sure if you blew up someone's head, it would still <laughs> make them die, even That's if true. you didn't use the killing curse. I mean, I don't know. You would think 30 blows with a wax would kill would kill someone, but it took Nick 46 before he died. I so. still think it was just like a child with like a plastic axe. Just <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry. He was like dead asleep and a child murdered him. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Everything about this is super fucked up and terrible. Much like everything about the justice system IRL. I think Only that's more I, honestly so. I mean I feel yeah, I feel like I feel like there are a lot of things in the series, especially as the books go on, that, like, happen politically that, like, feels very true to life for me in a lot of ways. And I feel like the completely fucked up nature of their justice system is also like, yeah, of course, clearly. (laughs) If you're rich and powerful, you don't go to jail unless you're Buddy Crouch Jr., but only because you literally tortured war heroes and got caught. Right. Honestly, is it even... I don't know if that's why. I think it's because he embarrassed his dad. I don't think it was because of what he actually did. It was because he embarrassed someone else in a position of more power with yeah, more money. But, and also got caught. I think if he hadn't got a caught, he, he, he wouldn't have gone to Azkaban. Well, sure, because his dad was only embarrassed that he was yeah. publicly associated with a child who had done the thing. Yeah, but not about necessarily the actual thing that was done. Correct. Yes. So. Yeah, no, it is. It's like a much more straightforward and honest representation of our real life justice justice system um there were quotes there listeners heavy 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 quotes i feel like anytime the u.s justice system is mentioned there should just be heavy quotation marks yeah and like an asterisk yeah it's like if you're white right like there you go yeah so it's like instead of like underpaid undertrained publicly assigned lawyers who are like allegedly representing people in need we just don't have lawyers at all and where it's like yeah you just have to stand up and like defend yourself in front of a bunch of people who already think that you're guilty and then they're going to send you to prison if they even give you the opportunity to do that yeah Hagrid can't even apparate so why didn't they just send her away you know what I mean it's not like she could like pop back to Hogwarts and yeah. like keep doing whatever with the monster. Right. Why didn't they just be like, you have to go have a holiday in the south of France, Hagrid? <laughs> like, I'm sure Hagrid has a lot of vacation time. She should have just taken it and be like, you know what? I'm going to go uh, explore Ireland. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Go to, right, go to Spain. I'm sure there's some cool monsters in the sea. That's true. So. Okay. I have some stuff to say about Lucius Malfoy as a person, um, <laughs> but do you have anything you want to talk about first? Uh, no, my my note is literally WTF. About him? Yes. I know. I fucking hate him. Like, like he sh- so much. He, sh- he showed up to Hagrid's house, and Hagrid's like, get out of my house. And Lucius is like, uh, I guess I can get out of your quote-unquote house. And it's like, fuck you, dude. 
but not before like insulting all of your possessions and like being a shitty fuckhead about like Hagrid's speech patterns and like I was looking to my notes to see if I had said anything more specific, but my notes just say things like, go fall in a hole, I hate you. (laughs) So that's not particularly helpful. I underlined a bunch of stuff, though. Just the way that that he talks to Hagrid generally is just, like, so distressing. Um, Oh, imitating. Imitating Hagrid's way that she says killings. Just... Yeah, Lucius Muffer is straight trash. He's such... Just, just throw him into the into the sea. <sighs> to be eaten by Hagrid's buddy, the sea monster. <laughs> oh my god, there is definitely, I don't know, like a sea dragon that Hagrid desperately wants to become friends with. Totally. He would definitely eat Lucius Malfoy for her. Totally. Fucking I would eat Lucius Malfoy for her. Oh my god. And then just... And then just for and just for Malfoy to be like, ah, yes, I am actually here to tell Dumbledore to leave because I coerced everyone on the board of governors to make Dumbledore leave while students are being attacked by a monster. Yep. And the fact that even Fudge is like, wait a minute, I don't know about this. Right. <laughs> and Fudge is the worst and does secretly hate Dumbledore. Well, not secretly. Well, at this point, secretly hates Dumbledore. So if Fudge is even like, uh, maybe we should uh, cool, cool our jets here about getting rid of maybe the other most powerful wizard in our country right now from this <laughs> school. Yeah. Ugh. And it seems the other thing is that it doesn't seem like Fudge feels um, able to stand up to Malfoy at all like he just becomes like a stammering like what but i well i say like there's no he's the minister of magic and lucius malfoy is like very clearly more powerful than he is i mean i isn't it mentioned about lucius malfoy being seen at the minute at the ministry with the minister of magic i'm sure he's just lining everyone's pockets to get places yeah and also i'm sure using whatever clout being a fancy pure blood like a malfoy means yeah that it just like you know it like opens doors for him right so well it's time for which nsa watch Which just, how, okay, there are clues. I'm not going to deny that there are clues. There's there's mugs at the table that don't belong to anyone who's present. But, like, how does Dumbledore know that they're there and who it is? I mean, he's watching Harry constantly. Okay, so there's no, like, non-NSA explanation for this. I mean, unless you count whatever sort of magical ability that Dumbledore has that allows him to sense people who are invisible, which I think he probably does. Hmm. Or at least he kind of, he mentions that in book one, where he's like, uh, oh, well, who says he's need a cloak to become invisible? But I feel like, I feel like I get, you get the sense that being invisible 
doesn't mean anything for Dumbledore being able to know if you're there or not. Could it be a, like, uh, what is the mind magic stuff called? Alchemancy? No. Oh, legilimency? Legilimency. Maybe it's, like, sort of like that. Maybe it is just deduction, like, oh, there's, like, footprints in the, in the grass, and there's some mugs here, and, like... Yeah, but it could have been, like, anyone who just, like, hopped out the back door when... Yeah. And they showed up. I don't know. I I think that Dumbledore has some way of finding out when people are invisible or not. Yeah. And it's probably real invasive, potentially. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. Well, that was which NSA watch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the personal section, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. So don't skip ahead. (laughs) All right. As always, subject, independent queer podcast seeks sugar parents. Us, a self-produced podcast doing its very best to make the world a better and queerer place one episode at a time. You, a lover of our content who values our work and wants to see us succeed in life. We will give you many perks in exchange for your support. Make a one-time donation through our website and get awesome merch in exchange or become a patron and get tons of bonus content. You can't go wrong either way. Visit thegailyprofit.com and click on donate or visit patreon.com slash thegailyprofit to become an ongoing supporter. I think we should use this moment to talk about our uh, Patreon goal that we're working towards. We have some goals up on Patreon. And when we hit that goal, I will go back through all seven hours of recording from our first episode. And I will bring you a bounty of bonus content for your delighted ears to feast upon. Listeners, for just $12 a year, the price of a a moderately fancy burger, (laughs) you could support our our Patreon goals. (laughs) I think we need, like, a video of Rufio, and then you're, like, singing, like, Sarah McLachlan, like, arms of the angel in the background. (laughs) taking that audio clip and I'm just replacing our ask (laughs) 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 oh no no, I'm crying (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you guys if that doesn't make you want to give us money, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, I wish that you all could see us. We both are like... <laughs> Tears. <laughs> Too much. Oh, yeah, my face is so red from laughing oh so hard. 
so good. <laughs> oh, my cheeks hurt a little bit. All right. So Ooh. I'm definitely going to make a, like, <laughs> ASPCA style <laughs> commercial featuring us and our pets and that song. <laughs> and only our patrons will be able to see it. So if you want that, you have to become a patron. I will even look at the lyrics of that song and maybe try to pretend like I know what's happening. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, actually, I used to really love Sarah McLaughlin, so I probably do know all the words to that song, honestly. Oh, yeah. No one, no one made it through the late 90s without knowing all the words to that song. Like that and that Smash Mouth song. It was just like mandatory memorization. <laughs> yeah, I think I but I think I literally own like three Sarah McLaughlin albums because I was a baby gay. Wow. Wow. I, re- I really liked singer songwriters when I was a teenager. And I really liked Sarah McLaughlin. I just recently started listening to the Moth podcast. I don't know why I only just started listening to it, but I one of the episodes had. Um, do you listen to the moth? Occasionally. I don't know if you've heard this story. It's from one of the members of Run DMC about how like he was in like a severe depression and only his intense obsession with Sarah McLaughlin got him through. Okay, actually, wait. I think I actually have heard that one because it's so great. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I like just listened to it two days ago, so I feel like it's really weird that Sarah McLaughlin is coming up in my life so much all of a sudden in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So hopefully I'm already like so giggly and our next personals ad, I texted you about when we were supposed to record like a week and a half ago. I'm very excited to read it to you. But I don't know if I'm able to keep my shit together. <laughs> 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 really hard. <clears throat> okay. This is not gonna happen. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna go refill my tequila. I'm gonna like get. I'm gonna put some water on my face. And I'm gonna come back. And I'm gonna read this. I don't want you to get your hopes like too up or anything. I just I'm too giggly to do it at this moment. Brb. Okay, okay, ready, here we go. Put this back where it belongs. All right, this this personal. Our second personals. Searching for ethical enforcement. Not looking for a serious relationship, just someone to give me a few hours of ethical standards in my morally corrupt world. Fulfill my dreams of having rules and systems that create justice and equity and holding me accountable to them. And I'll be forever at your mercy. Serious inquiries only. Don't respond if you aren't ready to lay fair and just laws down upon me with the ferocity of a wrathful god. Any um, 
any bottoms out there that want to steal that and reword it as needed, feel free. Just go oh ahead. yeah, totally, totally should. And if you do, send us the screenshot from FetLife or whatever you put, or whatever the kids use these days. I don't know. Grinder. I don't know. Anyway, if you know about dating apps, I guess <laughs> you should let us know. Uh. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. What's first? I have some lighter stuff, I think, to talk about. <laughs> My first one, I guess, is just... So the middle of this chapter, there's a lot of anxiety about what classes they should take in their third year. And I'm like... I wish someone was advising them. Like, I don't... I, this is... Like, they, like what, what are the heads of house doing? Yes, kids, I don't know what classes you should take your third year. This does seem important. No one knows. Have fun. Right? Like, what? That, yes, that's also my first, my first thing. Because it seems like they just get a list. Do they even get descriptions of what these classes are? Or it's just like a list of class names? It sounds like there isn't a description. Because, like, Neville's asking a bunch of people. And, like, Hermione's reading up on it, of course. But, like, so I feel like there must not be descriptions of what these classes are no and it's just this is such such a good summary of what's wrong with hogwarts because like if this is a big deal which hermione's like it'll affect our whole future and i'm like oh my god you're 12 but also she might be right and if that's true like why are they not this is, this seems bigger than just, like, when you get to choose your own electives in middle school and it's like, do you want to take, like, Spanish or band, you know? That's, like, there's not a whole lot riding on your decision to take Spanish or band. But, yeah. but this is different. This seems different than that. Yeah, and especially since what Harry chooses, which is just whatever Ron chose, which is, like, whatever, it's, like, and then he's stuck with, like, divination which which percy recommended because why why did percy recommend divination was he trolling harry i think only because of that very good joke about you should think about your future take divinations like i think or something to that effect yeah it is a good joke but so percy would never recommend that anyone take divination yeah that seems real weird that he would say that unless percy has a very low Stand, like a very low opinion of Harry's academic prowess, which <laughs> accurate. <laughs> it does seem like divination is sort of a the, the soft option, as it were. Well, um, but divination is a class that you literally can only do well in if you are born with an innate ability to do divination. So, like, it might be a soft. I mean, not really though. There's like a lot of homework. And it's homework that, for much of it, doesn't even do you any good if you aren't psychic. So, like, it's actually kind of a hard class. And for some people, an impossible-to-excel-at class. I mean, it does make me wonder, though, if there's, like... If it's maybe not as clear-cut, if maybe you can have some psychic ability in the witching world to make divinations something that you could actually, like, improve upon whatever is there... As opposed to, like, whatever 
Trelawney has going on where it just sort of strikes her, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that you can... Well... Because, like, what do they do, like, in the next book? They do, like, tea, like, interpreting tea leaves. Like, I mean, maybe if you have some, like, low, you know, like, a moderate psychic ability, that would, it would be useful to be able to, like, interpret the tea leaves. I think you're right. I think I was just thinking specifically of, like, crystal balls, because that's actually what they get tested on for their owls. Yeah, which is weird. one, I think you do actually have to have, like an innate ability to like see in a crystal ball or not and you can't learn that one yeah it seems yeah it seems like right they should have done like tea leaves or astronomy astronomy or or even tarot i guess i don't learn that until like fifth or sixth year though yeah so yeah any of the things that you can actually learn and as long as you're like a little bit tuned in you can probably like get better at for sure but but some of it like like crystal balls and whatever like i don't think there's no amount of studying and trying would make harry be able to see something in a crystal ball yeah and probably anyone else unless they have like the kind of ability would they be able to use a crystal ball to be able to like use their psychic abilities right so it seems like even divinations itself is sort of the way it's being taught is all over the place where it's like yeah, maybe, like, one person generation use a crystal ball, but, like, maybe, like, 20 can, like, read the tea leaves accurately enough to be, like, don't leave your house today. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you're being followed by a giant black dog. Maybe that's a sign of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> the dog uh, represents we're a lot of your with... father. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have a great time with divinations once we get to that. We really are. Very excited Just for that. Just a couple witches <laughs> talking about divination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh. backtracking to class selection, um, the way that Neville's family is overwhelming him makes me cry. The fact that Dean chooses his classes by closing his eyes and pointing also makes me cry for a completely different reason. Like, everything about the way that that this happens is just just makes me real mad at Hogwarts. It honestly makes me sort of curious, like how many options really are there? There's like what arithmetic, care magical creatures, divinations, uh, muggle studies, ancient runes, ancient runes. That's like so, like two out of those five things. I mean, I guess you don't want to pick the hard stuff, which is like you know ancient runes and probably. Arithmetic, or whatever it was called. Arithmancy. Arithmancy, which is like fancy magical math, which hell no. Fuck that shit. I'd take it. I honestly probably would have also just taken care of magical creatures and divinations. I'm I'm just going to be like, cool animals, sign me up. Nothing to do with math, awesome. Even though, actually, I guess ancient runes probably is pretty cool. I'm actually a little confused about why runes and divination are such, like, different subjects. Because runes are, like, specifically a magical, like, language. Although I guess they're used for more things than just, like, rune readings, so. Yeah, probably for, like, I would imagine, like, wards and stuff, too. But, like, weird that that's the only language option, even though there's, like... 
Murmish is a language and whatever gobbledygook is a language. And it's like, y'all don't learn that shit? <clears throat> like, I mean, shocker, you don't learn that shit. But no. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, even the shitty U.S. schools half-ass try to teach you Spanish or French or German or something. Increasingly Chinese. Kids that I used to nanny were learning Chinese in elementary school. I mean, even like a language like that would be more useful. <laughs> That's very true. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the second highest language, the second spoken language in the UK is, but... I mean, in fucking Europe, be... it's probably... They're probably a lot of languages going on i'm not gonna google that because i don't want you to have to click click noise so uh, it's also probably not that relevant but yeah anyway but yeah so the fact that the five electives or even just like fucking latin like actually latin don't you think that you would need to know how to speak latin if you were ever going to for instance come up with a new spell now see this is interesting because yes i think you would but there are instances where i think Hermione comes up with her own spells and or at least one instance that I can think of where it's like does Hermione just I mean Hermione does probably study Latin in her free time let's be real but like it's true that seems like a thing right that they should be teaching kids which is how to do this stuff yeah because the assumption that like all the spells that need to exist are already in existence is a pretty pretty broken assumption but it seems like spells are dependent on Latin to exist, so... I mean, I guess the other thing I think could be happening is that maybe purebloods and half-blood kids who live with their witching parents maybe get Latin at home or something, but which, once again, just fucks over muggle-born kids. Unless their parents are professors and they happen to just... Fu- to, to take Latin, you know, as 10-year-olds. Right. So... Um, Wouldn't we see that with like Ron and Co. Then, if they were learning Latin at home, I mean, I, I mean, maybe not necessarily all folks are learning Latin at home. I mean, Malfoy you know? is. Malfoy is for sure. And I mean, I don't think the Weasleys are, but the twins do pretty good without, you know, unless they're learning on their own because they're doing a what they do with magic in this series is pretty incredible considering. So that's true. Or maybe it's a thing where it's like, I guess if you're self-taught enough to like DIY your own spells, as it were, like you're just teaching yourself. Right, like hedgewitches and the magicians. Yeah. Where it's like magic isn't actually as constrained as the way that Hogwarts is teaching it. There's like, because kids do accidental magic all the time. So this is just the way that like someone learned to like specifically harness that magic. But that doesn't mean that there aren't like 25 other ways to do it. Right. That's a really good point. So. I think my next note is for you uh, that Percy agrees with you about the importance of muggle studies. <laughs> I feel I feel confident that I bet Percy took muggle studies. Definitely. He took one of the hard classes and then he also took muggle studies. I bet you can sign up for th- three safely if you don't have like an extracurricular like a like a sport like quidditch Mm -hmm. but yeah no percy definitely took muggle studies yeah how many classes was hermione taking when she had the time turner was she taking three extra classes or four 
Well, we just named all of the options. So there are five total <laughs> options. So she's taking all five of them. Why did anyone agree to that? That doesn't sound like, that does not sound like burnout at all, obviously. Right. For a 13-year-old? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. And why do they have so many more classes? Sorry, that's so confusing because they keep all of their old classes and then they get more classes. And then also they have more homework. And then also they still have extracurriculars. And then at some point, also like some of them have prefect duties. This is yeah, just how- not... Yeah, how is everyone not just totally exhausted? Constantly? They are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. It's no good. Anyway, what else do you have? I don't know if this is education or sports, but I just have that I can't believe that the thing that gets Quidditch finally canceled is Hermione being petrified. As opposed to what? All of the other terrible things that happen in Quidditch, they're like, we'll keep playing. Uh, Harry, Bo- Harry has no arms, has no arm bones, what ups? That's really I mean, point. they don't they don't cancel the game in the next book when a bajillion dementors show up and Harry falls off his broom. But like this is the thing that they're like, we're gonna cancel Quidditch. I actually thought it was kind of weird that they were like, the game is off. It's like, but literally everyone is safe right now everyone who's not currently petrified as harry pointed out is safe right now and you're gonna make them go back in the castle with the monster (laughs) like that's true why not give them this moment of like happy happiness presumably for the fans at least and like let them finish the game there wasn't really a reason to cancel it yeah i mean out of all the games to cancel this is not the game they should Correct, exactly. I'm just like, like, so many more times in this book, it's like, y'all should have really just stopped playing this game. Yeah, like, cancel Quidditch when, like, one of the bludgers is cursed, for instance, but maybe just let let it go if another kid gets petrified. There's, like, already a bunch of petrified kids. Or it's, like, literally storming and no one can see, and they're (laughs) on brooms in the air. (laughs) What? Yeah, as an example. (laughs) As, As an example. Um, they really just need some stricter Quidditch rules and a much better coach. Yep. They just need a different lesbian gym teacher. <laughs> they do. One who's like deeply invested in Quidditch. Yeah. And not whatever Madam Hooch is deeply invested in. <laughs> yeah. Weed out of the other... The secret uh, greenhouse that only Sprout knows about. Yeah. Okay, so my last education point is that Ron says that the only thing he's learned in Defense Against the Dark Arts is not to set pixies loose. Valid thing to have learned from that class. Uh, Which is leading me to another guest point from Evan. Which is... and And I think this is a really good point. Was... Lockhart planning to obliviate the whole school at the end (laughs) of the school year and modify everyone's memories to remember him having been a wonderful teacher. I think yes. That's so many people though. I know, but there's no, to given what he does in the world, like he can't leave Hogwarts having even a single person not 
have the memory of like, wow, remember when Gilderoy Lockhart was our teacher? Like, we learned so much. He was so impressive. So he must, it might not be realistic, but I think Mm -hmm. he must be, he must be planning to obliviate every child and professor at Hogwarts before he leaves. Yeah, maybe. This is weird. I actually would have liked to have seen that because I feel like the Hogwarts teachers would have murdered him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't know what happened to Gildred Lockhart. <laughs> he just left the school at the end of the year, like all of the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. <laughs> Why, yes, that yellow shrub is new. Isn't it great? <laughs> You mean lilac. Of course, yes. It's <laughs> definitely a giant lilac bush. He clearly states in Year with a Yeti that <laughs> lilac is his favorite color. Uh, a, very, a very magical lilac bush, yes. Great. <laughs> Welcome to the sports section, where we reluctantly talk about Quidditch, except Quidditch is canceled. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) This is clearly the beginning of when JKR is like, I'm so fucking overriding these Quidditch games. It's just going to be canceled. To which we say, thank you. Thank God. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I know. Nothing is more it's just the thing is more tedious than reading those chapters i know all right that's it then thank you for listening to the gaily prophet there are many ways you can support us uh you can rate and review us on itunes stitcher facebook or wherever you can wherever you're listening to us right now you, you can like our social and also share it with your friends. We have some great stuff on there, and it helps people know more about us. Uh, you can also buy our merch at thegailyprofit.com slash shop. There are so many cute things. Put a sticker everywhere in your uh, hometown. Slap it over a Trump uh, 2020 lawn sign. Please do Fight that. the man. Take a picture. Tag us. <laughs> right. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon uh, at a variety of levels. Only $12 a year will get you access to a whole lot of really cool content. Mm-hmm. You can also make a one-time donation on our website. Like, it's a PBS pledge drive. Yeah, you get rad merch when you donate. Way, way better merch than... Um... Than you get for a PBS pledge drive, just and a much a much lower uh, threshold. We're not charging you hundred dollars for a mug. No, so though none of uh, the yeah. none of the rewards come with a mug because the shipping for mugs is just outlandish, guys. Sorry, we do have mugs though. <laughs> maybe th- maybe this is ac- maybe this is why like NPR is like it's hundred dollars. <laughs> do you know how much it costs to ship a fucking mug? They're so heavy. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the NPR stations out there right now. Um, yes. Uh, you can also find The Gaily Prophet on the internet at thegailyprophet.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. You can also send us an email telling us how you feel about our podcast. If you would like or any questions or comments 
are things you're like, actually, you are incorrect about the UK justice system. You can email us at thegailyprofit at gmail.com. Heck yeah. The Gailey Prophet is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray. After you tell everyone you know about your favorite Harry Potter podcast, which is obviously ours, you can learn more about us individually if you want to. You can learn more about me at my website, which is larkmalachi.com. It's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, where you can learn about the various things that I do with my time when I'm not making this podcast, which is increasingly less of my time. (laughs) And uh, if you, for instance, need advice about your life or health, I can do that. Or if you want a tarot reading, or if you have a doctor that sucks at dealing with trans people, I can help with all of those things. So go check out my website. You can also find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi or at Radical Healer. You can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit and on Instagram at Live from Detroit. Feel free to DM me photos of your pets. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love looking at your animals. Do it. Uh, unless it's a spider because I don't want to see that. Sorry. Someone who messaged us on Facebook, I actually don't know if I ever shared this with you. They messaged us a very sweet message, but also included a picture of their cat who, it was just like, have a picture of a cat. And it was an incredible cat with like really big fangs, really oh my big God. fangs. And I was like, that is a vampire doing a very good cat impression. <laughs> Not fully convincing cat impression. But a very good cat impression, and it is very cute. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. That is the kind of cat that I would adopt in a heartbeat. So, person who sent us that message, if you're listening, I know I already told you that I appreciated it, but I'm telling you again on the air. So, our spoiler warning was recorded by Sarah Sarwar. Our theme music and spoiler warning music are by kevin mcleod and our show art and our weekly comics that are just so so good are by theo julian forrester you should learn all about those humans in our show notes if you want to and you probably at least do want to learn about theo at the very least until next time Rockus, Sarah McLaughlin, cancelled, bowler. In the arms of the angel, far away from here. Okay, yeah, that's. <laughs> Don't you dare end without saying queer media again. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!